0: What's up, Story Geeks? Thank you for joining us today on the Story Geeks podcast. I am Sandra Dimes, and today we're going to be digging deeper into Mulan. Joining me today are my fellow co hosts, Priscilla Hernandez. What's up? Hello,
1: also known as Skilla by many. Skilla.
0: <laughs> and we have Natalie Guzman joining us. Hi. And we also have Alan Ng from Film Thread. He's the managing editor there. Say hi. Hi. <laughs>
2: Thanks for having me. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, And thank you for listening. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. And also, we'd love for you to join the Story Geeks Club. We have a bunch of VIP tiers where you can receive additional content from us. But you can also join the Story Geeks Club for free by joining the Story Geeks Facebook group. Just search the Story Geeks on Facebook. You can find the group and requests to be added. And we'd love for you to join the community and give us your hot takes. All right, so let's dig deeper into Mulan. All right, well, our first question, uh, before we really jump into the deeper questions, this live action film is a different, uh, is different from the animated version in a lot of ways. So what were some of your favorites and what were some of the things that you didn't prefer? Let's start with you, Alan.
2: Yeah, you know, I'll start with what I loved. Um, you know, what I liked and loved about this uh, was Disney leaning into that kind of PG thirteen rating in, in the sense of violence, uh, the sense of mm-hmm. fighting. Um, you know, the you know you don't see a lot of nudity. Not that there was nudity, but um, you know they 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 told a much more adult story for a Disney movie that that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And um, you know that that's. You know, it's, it's just something new from them, and, and I like that.
0: Yeah. What about you, Scylla?
1: Um, I think I'm going to focus more so on certain characters that I liked. Um, I liked the addition of the witch. Um, if anything, I wish she was the main villain, not the side yeah. villain. Um, I just thought she was probably one of the more dynamic characters in the movie. Um, Also, I like Donnie Yen as the commander, but that's just a personal bias because I really like Donnie Yen. Uh, But he had had some of the better scenes and some of the better action shown in. And I, I for one, am happy without the musical numbers. Mm. Um, I think it kind of just goes with that more adult tone of the movie. Again, it doesn't mean musicals are not adult, but... Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I didn't think it was needed for this type of film, so that's, those are the different things that
0: I've enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Natalie? Yeah, to add to what
3: both of them have said, um, I agree in, I like the darker, more PG-13 style of film, and I'm actually extremely grateful that this version wasn't a musical either i love the musical so much i love the animated mulan and its charm comes from how perfect the art was animated to the music to the score to Mm -hmm. the numbers Mm -hmm. and i think an attempt to do that and to try to capture that charm in live action would have come across much more flat it would probably be very cheesy. So I'm really glad that it wasn't a musical. And I know that a lot of fans were very sad that it wasn't going to be a musical, but I, for one, was glad to see a different, darker perspective of a story we're familiar with, and especially coming from Disney. It just kind of reminded me of like the Pirates of the Caribbean films. I also did enjoy like the split of Li Shang's character from the animated film and uh, both like Commander Tung and Hong Wei. I thought they were both really good. Actually, I I enjoyed the two elements: the leader and the love interest. Um, But overall, my favorite. Different element in this one was also the witch. I was mm. more so rooting for her <laughs> than I thought I would. Uh, she was much more of a tragic character than she was a yeah. villain, and mm. I like found myself in like the moments she had with Mulan. I almost wanted Mulan to actually go and join her and be these like two powerful <laughs> women <laughs> that not are not necessarily trying to take over the world, but just you know trying to not be push down to try to actually live their lives honestly. So uh, she was definitely one of my favorite elements.
0: Yeah, no, you know what I I did? I liked her, but um, probably not as much as as the the two of you. For me, I really loved how beautifully shot it was. Like there were so many scenes that you can just take a snapshot and then frame that. It was very artful um, in the way that it was shot. In fact, there's a scene where Mulan is um, kind of just practicing um, her fighting technique. And she's right there. It's like the evening time, it's dark, and she's right by the water, and there's a beautiful tree. And it kind of took my breath away. Um, so there were a lot of moments there that were just visually very appealing, um, even like the grandeur of um, where the emperor was and, and just seeing how beautifully lit and golden it was. Um, so it definitely was like a feast for the eyes. I loved that. And I love the fighting scenes. Um, where Mulan, you know, finally is able to tap into her chi and, and allows that to come out and embraces it. And you see she's kicking butt. like that was pretty. Um, that was really cool like that. And I like just the small moments um that were similar to the animated feature where we see Mulan hiding the fact that she's a woman, you know, and those small things of like covering herself and not wanting. Um, The guy who's sitting next to her to, like, put his arm over her and not taking a shower. And then they're teasing her because she smells. Um, All of those little moments, they were kind of like a nod to the animated feature without having as much of that silliness to it. Um, But overall, I kind of agree with you, Alan. I really liked the fighting. Um, It was so beautifully choreographed. Um, And then, of course, this one, I felt like the themes were pretty pretty in your face but they were they were good things so um, it was nice to see those kind of unfold um, throughout the film um, so our next question you know it, it feels like Disney is really attempting to challenge the princess stereotypes that really made its early films classics so we have newer princesses like Tiana Rapunzel Anna, Elsa, and Moana, uh, and they're very different from Snow White, Cinderella, um, Aurora. They're they're totally or Sleeping Beauty. They're they're totally different. Um, looking specifically at Mulan, um, how does she defy those tropes, and what are some of the traditional qualities that she exemplifies, and how do we see that balance? What is that like? So let's start with you, Natalie.
3: Yeah. Um... What, what fascinates me about Mulan and comparing her to the Disney princesses is where she came in the timeline of the animated films. Uh, Snow White was, of course, the first princess. It was also the first animated Disney animated film. Uh, Mulan came to us after the renaissance of animation. So the renaissance gave us Ariel in The Little Mermaid and Beauty of the Beast so, and Belle. So I feel like those two were kind of that middle balance of all the princesses that kind of gave us Mulan, who was also independent, just like Ariel and Belle. They also seek something. They seek a destiny that is greater than what they're told their destiny is. Um, Mulan was built on the platform that the two of them built, and she leapt really high, so she has Ariel and Belle to thank. Mm -hmm. what I like about Mulan is that she is beautiful, uh, but that's not her driving force at all. While she looks so beautiful in her matchmaker outfit in the animated film and in this one, uh, that's not her highest quality. Like She knows that that's not all that she is meant to be in life, to just be beautiful. Uh, she has a charm to herself, and uh, there's there's something different and i am having a hard time actually like depicting mulan as one entity i see them both different animated and live action now mm-hmm. animated mulan was quirky she <laughs> didn't quite she know was. what she was doing all the time but she just kind of went with the wind and mm-hmm. she you know she reacted to the elements around her at the moment she didn't always have a brilliant plan, but when she just gave herself that quick moment to think she came up with a really good plan, Um, like the avalanche, that's always just such a breathtaking scene. In both Mm. of these, I really enjoyed the avalanche scenes, actually. Um, In our live action Mulan, she is a little quieter. I felt like I didn't quite get to know her personally. I felt like I was observing her as if I would be another observer in her village or in that encampment. Like, I didn't quite feel like I got to know her, if that makes sense. Um, But, yeah, she's she's a different princess for sure. She is a warrior princess. She's a fighter in both versions. And that doesn't mean to say none of the other princesses aren't fighters, but Mulan is genuinely a fighter. Like, she has incredible fighting skills and will do whatever it takes to protect what she cares for and who she loves
0: yeah yeah i um i agree that she's definitely a warrior is she technically a princess though she
3: technically she technically (laughs) is in the disney brand they they have clas i know that they a while ago they came out with like the disney princess line and mulan is officially included in that um, so even
2: marketing wise it, she's a princess. Market, but, um, yeah, yeah. marketing wise yeah, I mean if if you look at her compared to all the other princesses, mm. she's the only one un- unconnected with any kind of royalty. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah even even if she married the guy she fell in love yeah. with, she would still be a common girl or or a military yeah. uh, officer or yeah. hero at that point. society but yeah not princess ruling
3: a land, She'd be high society, but yeah, not princess.
2: yeah. And that's yeah. not to diminish her story yeah. or her place in, in Disney folklore. It's just mm-hmm. technically, and compared to all the other princesses, uh, she doesn't quite fall in that category.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I don't know. She's actually a princess. Um, all right, so what do you think, Scylla? Um, I
1: I think in terms of trying to break those tropes or defy those tropes, you know, she is trying to be her own and. In- independent individual your own way you could tell she doesn't really look interested in matchmaking um, (laughs) anything like that and she she just wants the potential to show you know the abilities and gifts that she has Um, while at the same time this I guess this could be seen as a traditional quality you know she is trying to fulfill her role in her household and trying to do what is best for her immediate community which would be her family yeah. And, you know, it's touched upon a lot about Honor. Like, I, I did a count, I think it's around 11 times that Honor is mentioned in the movie. Um, so she... So you technically,
0: you could you could play a drinking game and not be too damaged, right? Uh, <laughs> you,
2: would,
1: you would get pretty bad in the beginning. Of the film. Um, but, you know, she is trying to do what is best for her family and protect her family and trying to navigate that. So you see this balance but i think the hard thing for me is since you see her more in that live action observer role like natalie mentioned it's hard for me to connect with her at times mm. it it just feels kind of like it's there and if i didn't have a background of the animated film or even just like the original folklore it i don't feel as connected with her which is making mm. it a little bit more difficult in terms of the live action film so it's like man you kick butt but at the same time I <laughs> I don't feel really drawn to this story so I think it I, that kind of veers off the original question but it's it's just it's making it a little bit more difficult in trying to see like well how do you defy these stereotypes mm. while at the same time kind of not it, it's bringing up a lot of conflicting emotions
0: mm. yeah uh, what do you think Ellen
2: Yeah. you know um, you guys said A lot of what I was going to say, Um, but I I would add this, you know, um, you know, along with honor comes loyalty, uh, loyalty to her family, loyalty to her country. And um, and what I I find interesting is, you know, just the idea of gender roles, especially within Chinese culture, uh, the Mm. idea that uh, boys and men are are more highly honored. Than Women you know when you When you pass on your legacy it goes Through the man uh, that's why there's Such uh, there's such pressure on Her to to be Matched to uh, to To marry uh, because that was The role of, of women at that Time and to some degree still is And um, and for Her to as a, as a princess So to speak um, To basically uh Find within herself her own identity, her own, you know, who she is, and then, and then, apply that to her family in the sense that, you know, she she took the place of her father, who was going to go out to war, and and as they say, he's he's most likely going to die, because uh, he's just not physically able anymore to, to fight in a war, and um, and so she, she uh, she sacrificed herself her family and and jeopardized her family's honor in order to uh, to save her father and um you know i i think that sets her apart a little bit from the from the other princesses' stories i should say i, I think they all have a have a quality of courage and bravery uh in their own stories and their own own situations
0: yeah you know the thing with with this milan because it's you know we're gonna separate the animated from the the live action for this one, and really for any um, any princess or Disney animated feature that has a woman or um, or a girl as the lead, I've always really gravitated toward the ones that don't have the romantic lead or the romantic mm-hmm. interest. Um, so like Alice in Wonderland, that's that was my favorite growing up, and so for Mulan. Um, In the live action she does have a romantic interest but it's not the driving force and I think that's the biggest difference um, that we're seeing here with these um, newer Disney films that the romantic interest is not a driving force whether it's there or not is you know kind of neither here nor there but it's not the driving force and I love that because then it gives the main character their own arc that has nothing to do with just falling in love because that's a different type of a movie um, and I like that we don't have that as the main thing for Mulan her main thing is something that I would see and expect to see in these these older the classic films too it's like what you were talking about Alan like the virtue of loyalty and and family like those are all very important qualities um, and that is that is the driving force, not falling in love, not meeting a prince, not escaping from from your circumstances, but actually um, serving your family. And even in a way that challenges what they think serving should look like. So that's what Mulan does. Mm-hmm. Um, she's trying to bring honor to her family, and the dad tells her, this is how you do it, by hiding your chi and you know, being matched and being silent when you serve your husband. And she's recognizing slowly and and other people are influencing her in this recognition that she can bring honor to her family by protecting her dad because the, the mom said he's not coming back this time if he goes. So protecting her dad and kind of breaking through the expectations that are put on her and eventually it's the hard way but she's eventually getting to that place where she's bringing honor to her family um so it kind of i feel like it's easy to say it's very different from what we've seen in these classic films and in one sense it is because it isn't we're not seeing the romantic interest as the driving force but it isn't in the sense that there's that there's still um a loyalty whether it's to um remaining you know dignified and um, protecting your family or um, trying to save somebody Um, we see those happening and those those are part of what we see in the older films but I think really the difference um, that I'm enjoying is not having that romantic lead it sounds like I hate love I don't but (laughs) but I just feel like it's not as it's it's not as nuanced like a woman's Sole purpose is to fall in love, and that's just garbage. Like, I want to do something with my life. <laughs> well, no, I agree. Just getting married.
3: <laughs> I agree. Like, I love love. It's wonderful, but <laughs> it's not. Right. I, I just yeah. <laughs> I don't just sit around all day and I'm like, oh I'm in love. Like, I yeah. I stress over my homework, and I love watching my movies, and I like enjoy putting my energy in that, and yeah, I. I also fine. I'm starting to draw away from romantic themes if mm-hmm. that's the main driving force. Like if it's there it's cool, but I sometimes like find myself like rolling my eyes if I see like romance being forced just for the sake of having romance in the narrative. Like I'm just kind of over that too.
0: Yeah. I I think I'd rather go for adventure and um personal growth. <laughs> 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 and that, and
2: I was gonna say I, I like all stories um, I like love I like being in love I like feeling mm-hmm. in love um, you know it, I think there there's this attitude we can take sometimes of saying well because we've done it for so long we should stop doing it and mm-hmm. I think stories that we, that we listen to stories that we hear stories that we tell should really capture the breadth of human experience so if this mm-hmm. one doesn't quite lean into love as much doesn't mean the next one can't. Um, doesn't mean that you know every. I, I get the point that you guys are making in the sense of, um, you know, everyone's falling in love. Rapunzel's falling in love. Anna's falling in love. Uh, Snow White, Cinderella. You know, there there is a desperate need to be a little more creative, uh, in in that in those kinds of storytelling, especially for women.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean like i I wouldn't say i'm i'm anti-love but (laughs) but allowing space for any character but especially a female character the space to grow like my favorite scene in mulan is when she's able to carry those buckets and she's so focused everyone's looking at her and she's just so focused on getting up to the top of that mountain and then we get A little taste of reflection which I love that song when Mulan came out the animated feature I watched um, I watched it a lot and I listened to that song a lot Um, and it was like the only song that I liked by Christina Aguilera because it seemed much more controlled than all the runs that she does in her normal stuff so to get a little taste of it um, in the live action was really cool Um, and just to see that that strength and determination um, in there was Taiwan also that was go ahead, yeah, go
2: ahead there was also a moment in, in the in the tent when hung we is asking her asking him to uh to you know advice about how to talk to a girl and oh then, yeah, yeah and then at one moment she just says just just talk to her you know just mm-hmm. tell her what you feel you know and that's you know it's the it's those bigger moments that that are great but it's also these small moments about about relationships about two people and just the the ways we overcomplicate things and and to me that was (laughs) you know that to me that was kind of her way of flirting a little bit um Mm. yeah you know so yeah
0: like
2: yeah but again it, it didn't have to be the driving force nor nor was it
0: yeah well one thing that was kind of a driving force was this this thing that we didn't hear in the animated feature, which was Chi, and it's referred to often throughout the film. Um, and it felt almost like the force in Star Wars. <laughs> so, it, But it raises several questions. Um, first, does this version of Mulan seem less approachable because she has Chi? Um, does Chi create a dynamic like uh, midichlorians, the midi- midichlorian count, where some people are more special than others? Um, and how do you think that compares to the message in the animated version? Let's start with you, Cilla.
1: Um. Well, for me, I don't think it makes it less approachable. It just felt like it was unnecessary and not needed. It almost, like the movie was trying to do these magical and supernatural elements while still trying to be realistic. And I, I'd rather it go one way or another, <laughs> not be kind of like this in-between. Um, I would have rather liked it if you explained it in a lot more detail and how all individuals have it, not just yeah. some, or if there's various degrees of chi that people have. Um, so I felt like it wasn't really developed and fleshed out. Um, and I think there's stories that could demonstrate that fleshed out. I, I think Avatar The Last Airbender comes to mind in terms of, you know, having these supernatural elements, but yet, you know, being relatable in a sense, um, that's why I think I enjoy the animated feature um, a bit more because you almost don't have to rely on like, well, Mulan. I could see someone arguing, well, Mulan knows how to develop these skills because of her chi, versus like, well, Mulan knows how to develop these skills because she's dedicated and she wants to work hard and try to be the best that she could be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, it, I don't. I don't particularly like it, but at the same time, I could understand why people do, or why people be like, "Oh, you know, like that's not a big deal." But to me, I just felt like it didn't add to it.
2: Mm. Hmm. What
0: do you think, um, Alan?
2: Yeah, you know, um, as a Chinese American, uh, you know, I was I was pretty bothered by a lot of the cultural elements of the movie, and the and the chi was one of the big ones. Um, you know it. You know I. I described um, Mulan as basically this version of Mulan is to Chinese cinema what P.F. Chang's is to Chinese food. Um, <laughs> you know, ouch! I don't. It, it's just. I mean, I'm I'm watching this movie, and it's like this. This is my heritage. This is my culture, and and nothing really feels familiar to me at all, and this. This idea of qi is one of those elements because uh, in, you know, in, in Chinese culture, qi is basically it's your aura; it's it's kind of your life force. It's it's the idea of everybody has it, and um, and in this telling, uh, her her high levels of qi, or high midi chlorian count, so to speak, um, gives her these powers. It gave um, uh, let's see, it gave uh Zhang Niang um her powers. Um yeah everyone has it but that really wasn't in, reinforced at all in the in the movie. Also, you know, the, her mother tells Mulan that she needs to hide her chi or she'll be she'll be accused of being a witch. And um and quite frankly, that it, it's like I've never heard a Chinese story like that or or used chi in that way. Um it just doesn't resonate or feel right in this context and and that's kind of where where my feelings about this film came about because it was like I feel like that this uh that that this movie is not necessarily meant for you know Chinese Chinese Americans and um and it's a way of like disneyfying Chinese culture mm-hmm. i i'm not upset by it uh, i'm just not connecting with it all because you know i understand disney's not doing disney's not making these decisions to lose money and insult an entire group of people they're they're earnestly trying to create a good movie after spending 200 million dollars um but again it just doesn't doesn't resonate um you know like i said the this idea of chi you know uh, i think so you just mentioned you know everyone has it you know it you know, this, this whole magical element as well. You, you just, you do need to go one way or the other. Watch any Kung Fu movie. Everyone has chi to some degree. It's, it, it depends on how it's developed. Um, and then, then I'll just add to the fact that I, I think you mentioned it as well, but it, it's this idea of the, in the original Mulan cartoon, um, you know, Mulan became a great warrior because she was brave, she had intellect, she had a, a keen mind, she trained. She uh, learned skills. She, she, she strengthened up. But in this one, it was basically she was a great warrior because she had magical powers. And I'm not necessarily sure that's the message you want to send to, you know, a, a girl who's watching this movie and say, mm-hmm. well, if you want to be as good as a man, uh, get some magical powers. Um, you know, and, and I think that's the, the <laughs> to me, that's the central difference between the story of the original Mulan and this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Natalie?
3: I am very on par with what both of them have said. Yeah. I, this was probably my biggest critique out of the film. Um, mm. And I have, I'm Mexican-American, so, like, I have zero experience with Chinese culture other than my friends who are of Chinese culture or through, you know, the perspectives of yours, Alan, And I am also, I at least know like the most basic concept of chi just from my own human experience. Um, As a kid, you know, I took a few martial arts classes, I've taken tai chi and yoga in times past, and I know this concept of energy flow and auras in us, and it's also not unknown that George Lucas took huge inspiration from Asian culture in creating the Star Wars universe and Mm. the force like it is very clear it is similar to Chi um yeah this is my biggest critique I I crave stories of powerful and awesome women I and what would make them more relatable to me though is to see them as imperfect humans too like just like me just like all of us again like in comparing this live-action Mulan to the animated film and where she is quirky and improvises her plans but is intelligent enough to come up with them. Like, she's thinking them in the moment. I'm, like, remembering that scene where she's pretty much, like, blowing up the palace with the fireworks, and you could tell that was a moment in the animated film where she thought of that first without thinking of, like, what to do after because she's, like, running on the roof, screaming, get off the roof, get off the roof, like she didn't think that far (laughs) ahead. And I love that because we're like as humans we have the ability to be witty intellectual clever um but we don't always think this things through and and that's okay like we're supposed to make mistakes (laughs) that's where we grow and i think that's where my biggest flaw in this movie came in is in the animated film just like you said alan you know she struggles to keep up with the physical regiment of training with the other soldiers but not because she's a woman it's because that training was hard. You see the other men struggling too; they they're struggling. And in this one, for her to be gifted as a like chi prodigy, it's cool. Like we do have prodigies in real world. We have people who we have kids that can do these like crazy mathematical formulas at like age five and graduate with the masters by the time they're 15 like I know that prodigies exist but they're not it doesn't represent all of us um specifically it doesn't represent women and that made it harder to connect with Mulan in this film and I would be more receptive to the concept of the level of balance that Mulan naturally has with she at a young age if it was as attainable by everyone else like it would have been neat to see more training from her soldiers where slowly, like, they were able to meet, come up to par with Mulan as well, and like, lifting those buckets and going up to the mountain. Um, This, very similar to what you said, Alan, like, this isn't the kind of empowerment for women that I want, specifically. I, I, I don't want to, like, reword it because you just worded it perfectly. Uh, But that was my issue with this as well. It was... Very similar. I know Scylla's heard my complaints with Star Wars a lot. It was very similar to the decision of giving Rey a lineage, whereas I would have loved Mm. if she was a nobody. Um, But that is a whole different conversation that I could spend hours on. So we'll stay on on. (laughs) Mulan.
2: I I agree. I would go ahead, Alan. Oh, yeah, I, I would just add to one story element you brought up that that wasn't in this one is it's the idea that in the original cartoon animated feature, you know mulan was a part of a band of misfits they were the, they were the troop you send in first that gets killed off first uh before you send in the real warriors and and that was that's it's the classic story of the underdog that that the original story told this one is not she's the top of her class and so there's you know there's nowhere to go up except for you know to battle the the witch so to speak and and you know, there's something to be said of of that story of the underdog, and why that resonated so well with people who watched the original.
0: Yeah, yeah i I am like so on board with uh, first of all a nobody Ray, but um, but, <laughs> um, but the it, it's the equivalent of making mulan a trust fund baby like come on <laughs> you know now all of a sudden That's it has nothing yeah it has nothing to do with hard work which that was wonderful to see this awkward girl who the only thing she had was her commitment to protecting her family and bringing honor to her family mm-hmm. that was all she had and now it's like, oh, no, no, you got to be born with it. And that's the only way you can achieve this. So that stinks from male or female perspective. It's that trust fund baby thing where you're, you're given that regardless of what you actually do in your life. And then you can just level up from there. But you already have this super head start. So I didn't like that component. I also don't like when anything that is real that exists in our real world is introduced but very superficially um because if if you have someone's belief system um being put out and exposed to a much broader audience and you don't give some sort of depth to it i think it just does a disservice to this um this belief of what is what is chi like do we even really know versus chlorians that's not a thing so you can make it whatever you want and nobody can go back and sure there's the inspiration but we're not pointing to something that somebody actually clings to as a belief system so that's where I'm like oh that's that's problematic for me as someone who likes to understand people's perspectives even if I disagree um, mm-hmm. understand their perspective and where they're coming from and what something means to them versus setting up in a sense the straw man of like this is what she means and it doesn't really mean that it it is much deeper than that and i don't think we got like even a, a little bit deeper perspective on what she means it was very um,
1: basic it was explained very quickly and I right. think that that's the frustration not with just with that but with much of the movie there could be so many things that they had a decent basis but it was never fully developed
2: right. yeah i mean it, you know just to go back to what i said earlier it this the concept that they presented of qi is just so foreign to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, because because I've definitely seen my my fair share of films that that involve it, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's like <laughs> I'll use the P.F. Chang's example again, um, <laughs> you know, you can you can put on the plate all the right ingredients, but you know that doesn't make it a Chinese dish, um, yeah. you know, you could take a lightsaber and cut cheese with it, but that doesn't mean that's what you do with a lightsaber, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That'd be interesting though.
2: I would
0: totally do that though. (laughs) You would. (laughs) I would. Make me a quesadilla real quick.
2: (laughs) Razor thin slices of cheese. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, Uh, but to the points
3: being made, like I personally only knew like the moment she, the word she was mentioned, which is like moments into the film. Like I only knew immediately what that was just on my own very amateur experience mm-hmm, of the sorry. concept of chi. Um, I know it through other films that depict chi. Um, yeah, Scylla, you mentioned Avatar. I'm actually going through a Last Airbender rewatch of both the original and Korra. So, like, I'm seeing how they explain chi and energy flow, and um, that show does a brilliant job at explaining it to children. Mm-hmm. And overall, like when I when I watch these films, especially Disney films, I try to look at I try to watch it with as many different perspectives than just uh, just mine like personally this was a film that I can sit down and just watch and enjoy for a very basic story but Mm. when I try to sit down and watch it through like the eyes of children that is where I am I am more critiquing the concept of chi that they went with that we just discussed because going back to the ray nobody thing the reason why i wanted ray to be a nobody was i wanted children that come from marginalized groups that come from Mm -hmm. not so well off groups especially like family lineages like i wanted them to realize that they were special too that you didn't have to have a big name that you didn't have to have wealth and a reputation across the galaxy that you can be an orphan from the middle of nowhere and be destined to do great things for yourself and for others. Um, And that's kind of the same thing I'm seeing here. Like the animated Mulan, she, I know we discussed like whether she's a princess or not, marketing wise, yes. Otherwise, no, she has no royal lineage. She can marry into higher society, but otherwise like she's still just a girl who didn't do what she did to seek a higher name or fame she did it for her family and when when I think of kids watching this like that's the message I want them to have but now I feel like kids are just going to be like oh I need to have magic powers exactly like you said Alan like it takes me having to be special to be special when that's not the case anybody can be special in a very unique way you don't have to believe that you need to be from a higher part of the hierarchy to do so.
2: So what you're saying is the original Mulan, she was a girl, uh, just like all the other girls?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're unique, just like everyone else.
2: <laughs> but I was just gonna add that, um, you know, so her first display of Chi was chasing the chicken on the roof and, and she basically does all the floating stuff. And, you know, you mentioned that you're a fan of uh, Donnie Yen you know if you watch the Itman series this is yeah. this is that style of fighting and, and, and what bothered me about even just all that is they couldn't even get that part right you know the the idea of you know how to use this style of fighting what they call wire foo um you know just the ability to float <laughs> in the air and um you know it's just you know uh i don't know i just felt like they didn't shoot it right they didn't choreograph it right because this is a, just a really cool way to watch kung fu and martial arts in, in Chinese cinema. And it was just a missed opportunity at that point. Yeah. So, my little tangent.
0: Right. <laughs> I've never heard I've that, that wirefu wire, you said? Yeah. That's, awesome.
1: That's awesome. Now I want to watch the Ip Man films, dang it.
2: <laughs> you know, the, it, like this, the stories are really bad, but um, the, the, <laughs> the fighting... <laughs> wow, is you. now real. we're hearing it.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. I mean, I, I think that it's it wasn't all bad, but when we compare it to the animated feature and w- the, certainly there are problems, like she is a problem, I think it, for a few reasons, but probably the the biggest one, at least for me, is going back to that, um, what I had said earlier about being like a trustman baby, like you, you are stripping out her hard work and tenacity and saying she had to start almost there anyway. Basically, give her all of the power, and then make her suppress it. And then she just decides, I'm not going to suppress it anymore. And that's what makes her, um, a, a warrior. And that's pretty sad because it means all of the hard work, really, was already in her. All of the skill set was already in her. She just had to believe it. And I mean, I guess that's one way to go because. Certainly, like our self doubt can stop us from doing things, but mm-hmm. I like the story of having this underdog mm-hmm. who doesn't have the skill set, um, but is able to, through hard work and tenacity, achieve that and, and attain it. I like that story. You know, that's that's the montage scene where you see someone go from a scrawny person to this beefcake or whatever. You know, <laughs> like that's what that's what we have in the animated feature, and we got it kind of, but it was really that switch at the end of what would have been a montage, is just, I'm going to show him now what I've been suppressing this whole time. Yeah,
2: it's called a character arc for a reason. And in the original animated, the arc is, is very big versus this one, mm-hmm. where it doesn't arc as much as you want dramatically.
0: Yeah, yeah. And another thing with with Chi is that it's it's very specific to just men. Women are not supposed to have it um, and if they do have it, then they get called a witch, um, which for women, uh, we might feel like, Hey, when we're a strong leader, um, we can get called some names, um, Something
3: that rhymes so with that, witch.
0: Yes. What, what would that be? I don't know, but maybe oh.
3: we'll try not to mention it here.
0: <laughs> we should ask Ben Shapiro if he could, <laughs> if he could say it. Oh, sorry. That's me being that word he says. Anyway, um, so we but we kind of see some some parallels with with the witch and what we are seeing in geek films, like, for instance, with Captain Marvel, Um, when she's young, her father tells her to silence her gift. Um, But when um, I'm sorry, this is going back to now Mulan, when when Mulan is young, her father says, silence your gift. But when she's pretending to be a man, she's told to cultivate it. And, um, what we see in geek films, like with Captain Marvel, for her, you see kind of that contrast where, um, the cockiness and the confidence that we would expect to see and tolerate easily in Tony Stark, we don't tolerate it in Carol Danvers and, um, what what do you think is behind that? As we we're starting to see female characters who are displaying some of these characteristics that we're used to seeing in male characters. Even with Mulan, she's specifically told don't display these characteristics because they're for men. So what do you think is behind kind of the messaging um, in geek films, but specifically in Mulan with this um, the characteristics that are supposed to be like masculine. Uh, let's start with Natalie.
3: Yeah, it's it's still challenging the patriarchy. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I like I can tell we have a ways to go to like just get women to be taken seriously when you know they are being serious or they are being headstrong or cocky. Like, I feel that's still not appropriate. It, there's still this social concept that it's not appropriate for women to behave that way. Where we're kind of cultivated to still be like respectful and kind. And that's not a bad thing. But when we start to, you know, show those manly characteristics, it we turn into less than ideal women, I guess. And um, funny enough, I actually watched Captain Marvel last night. We're going through an Avengers marathon in this household and he's watching
0: everything right now huh? i am
3: yeah you would think i would be getting school work done somehow but here i am <laughs> um we i've only seen captain marvel a handful of times and every time at the end when they show that montage of her through her whole life getting knocked down um mm-hmm. and they kind of reinforce that like you have always been pushed down like you've always been told like you can't do this but when she recalls that for all those times she fell she stood back up uh i get so emotional i will always get very emotional in that moment and again putting myself in the perspective of like children or girls watching this superhero doing just that getting knocked down and getting back up um i love it and i didn't feel that in mulan per se Mm -hmm. um and again i'm not an expert in chinese culture whatsoever but a lot of what alan has been saying I've seen reflected in some of my Chinese friends Um, this idea that like there is no concept of a witch in Chinese culture. Like this is kind of like to you, Alan, you said this was a very foreign concept of the idea of a witch within the culture depicted in the film. And I just remember seeing one of my friend's reactions to Chi and how it was gendered. She was really frustrated Mm. at that. She was very frustrated that as a girl, Mulan was told to quell it. And as a man, she was told to cultivate it, just like you said. And mm-hmm. it's a fascinating trope to explore. And it's a trope that needs to be explored. We need empower, like women empowerment stories. We need these young girls to be empowered at a young age in their fictional stories. Um, so I'm not against films portraying that, but... When not done authentically, it just kind of falls flat, and that's how mm. it kind of felt to me in this film. Mm.
0: Yeah. What do What do you think, Alan?
2: Yeah, you know, um, I'll 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 cut to the chase. So, uh, uh, the the reason this exists is essentially it's Chinese culture. Um, there, there's been a centuries long tradition of, of misogyny. Um, You know the 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 one child policy ended maybe five years ago i mean you know five years ago um you know since since the 70s up until that point girls were being um aborted and abandoned because families could only have one child and they preferred uh they wanted boys instead of girls Mm -hmm. um you know you know why is she being treated as you know why is she afraid of being labeled a witch versus being cultivated. well, that's Chinese culture. That's, you know, that's the just no, no simpler way to say it than that, Um, you know, and, um, and that's something that, you know, that we, we have to kind of come to grips with and say, you know, I mean, there's, there is, there was a point where, you know, in in China, there was, I I think the number of gun to maybe six men to one girl or six men to one woman, um, Mm -hmm. in, in terms of population and, and that, that could not survive. And, And horrible things were being done to women at that point, to the point where, you know, the, the government had to say, okay, um, you know, we love girls too, you know, you know, and so, you know, to me the, the answer is just kind of that simple, you know, there's just no, no beating around the bush in that area. And, um, you know, and and I think that's why maybe the story Mulan does resonate because it it does stick up for for women and especially women in China at this point. Um, but again, you know, the one-child policy sent it five years ago, and it is and not a great deal has changed compared to you know the advancements we've made here in the states.
0: That's wild! Just five years ago, wow. <laughs> um, so, what do you think, Zilla?
1: Uh, I connect to what a lot of Natalie said, and I think in general there is more of a focus on presenting stories that um, have female characters or female lead characters that, you know, show them as powerful because every individual, male or female, wants to see somebody that maybe was seen less than and now is seen as like, no, they have these abilities and they have these gifts regardless of who they are. And they can present them even though maybe they weren't, they were seen less than are being dismissed for those abilities and gifts. Even though I will say, Leia, Princess Leia, was a very powerful, awesome woman, <laughs> even back in that time period. But if you could see um, me right
3: now, still, I'm doing like a rock on sign at that. <laughs> hard of grief.
1: <laughs> yes. So, so please do not forget her. Um, but I think what makes it, harder for me to connect that similar way and move on is it just doesn't feel authentic so it's Mm. like on one hand i know that she's powerful but there's just something to the story that going back to me saying it's not fully developed or just relying on certain elements that i didn't feel super connected and i wanted to feel connected and and that's the frustrating thing but that that could be with any male or female character you have to really build reasoning to why we wanna connect to them. And you have to really make them relatable in some sense. And you can mess that up either way, (laughs) either male or female. Um, So I'm glad that more of these stories are being presented and we're trying to show more individuals of anybody could be stronger, but it needs to be done in a more relatable way.
0: Yeah, for me, it's going back to what you had said, Natalie, about the scene in Captain Marvel, um, for me, like it was a powerful scene, but it, and and definitely relatable because I think any woman who is a professional, who is a leader, um, she'll have those challenges, um, put against her just because she's a woman. There could be some other dynamics as well, but, right. you know, it, it is relatable, but it, it felt so on the nose. And there were certain scenes with in in Mulan that were similar. Um, so first I, I want to say I, I love seeing strong female characters. Um, I do want to see them in different roles and multifaceted so it's not just, again, like what we're talking about, the driving force just being love you know, having something that is, um, more developed than that. So I love seeing those types of characters, um, but I don't want to be pandered to. Right. And, and I can't like tell you what, what exactly are the things that make it that they're pandering, but I know it when I see it. And there were moments in Mulan where I'm like, dang it, like I get it. I feel it like sure it's relatable but like so on the nose and so it it was like i you know i wanted i wanted to take it for the intent the intent is to speak to other women or to others just in general who feel like they have to diminish themselves and that's a common human thing Mm -hmm. that you're going to come across someone in your life who was trying to diminish who you are for their own hurts and their own issues but that happens to everybody and it happens to women Mm -hmm. definitely um so i was trying to receive it that way as okay they're trying to convey this it's super on the nose i feel a bit pander to, (laughs) but i'll try to receive it as as that the intent versus the impact which was like oh my gosh just like <laughs> spell it out give me a p give me an a it was a spell <laughs> patriarchy. just go through the whole thing um so yeah do, go ahead do you
2: think that maybe in the case of the original mulan and and with captain marvel with veers that by the end of the movie they had earned their response the that that response that you know I'm gonna I'm kick ass response versus this one, I don't know that she necessarily earned earned that at that point.
3: For me yeah. for me, Captain Marvel did. I like especially after having recently rewatched it. I feel that she does still struggle with her insecurities and she is Yeah, she earned the moment after like, you mm-hmm. know, dealing with her the loss of her memories and dealing with manipulation from those she trusted when she was very vulnerable, like, she really earned her I'm a badass moment. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: I don't quite feel like Mulan did, just to Sandra's point of being like the trust son baby, like, she was we were already expecting it. And, yeah, yeah, it, it, like, I enjoyed seeing a strong, kick-ass woman, um, but I didn't feel that cathartic moment of am like ah oh, mm-hmm. there it is like she earned it
1: yeah no yeah. i i feel the same way and i i i think you know all of you articulated it better than what i was even trying to convey is <laughs> that that's why it feels inauthentic to me because it just feels like well you didn't earn it <laughs> it didn't get earned you know it just it's it pushing it in our face without really fully fleshing it out And that's where Mm -hmm. it makes it like i don't dislike this movie but it's just it's like well it's there and i shouldn't feel that about such a powerful story you you know it's very Mm -hmm. flat i should feel something very different like how i did with the animated film so i think that's like just so frustrating to me where it's like you know there's all this potential but it just doesn't deliver yeah
3: i was also just like in mulling over listening to all of you how Like, Sandra, you were talking about how you know pandering when you see it. And, Mm -hmm. like, as a kid watching the original animated movie, like, I didn't feel pandered to. And Mm -hmm. when I rewatched it as an adult, I still don't feel pandered to. Like, there is a way that it can be done. But it's this, like, frustrating cycle of people demanding representation. You know, like, women demanding representation. The LGBTQ community demanding representation uh ethnic groups demanding representation but it also has to be done consistently enough to where we're not demanding it anymore it's just normalized therefore like it won't feel like a pandered product to us if that makes any sense like that's that's where like my frustration comes from also critiquing this movie so much because i really Mm -hmm. really wanted it to succeed and i wanted it to be spectacular uh this legend is ancient and it deserves a grandiose telling and i think that was that's what it was a bummer to have it fall so mm-hmm. flat
2: well it did have that 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 happened 20 years ago but there original
0: fair is very true. fair <laughs> you know i i think that in the original trilogy star wars trilogy leia accomplishes that Now you can talk about behind the scenes stuff and what she was wearing. Um, but I do feel like that wasn't, we weren't being pandered to. She was, um, able to be strong, able to be, um, flirty, able to be, um, ready with the quips, able to kick butt, like able to do all of that and make decisions. And, and stand up to freaking Darth Vader, like, scene one. She's like, what? You know, just, she's all small and just coming at him, like, I love it. I mean, I'm 5'2", and I'm like, yes, that's the fire I bring. Thank you, Leia.
3: Especially <laughs> after having the context of Rogue One, where Vader literally just saw her ship get away with the plans, and she has the guts to tell him, I have yes. no idea what you're talking Like, that is a gutsy, mm-hmm. powerful woman.
0: I know, I love her. And, and yeah, so, seeing something like Mulan where it's like, oh, you know, it just, it, she didn't earn it. Um, and then she's, I don't know, there are just a a lot of problems around her arc and around, um, just her journey there. Um, and again, like not really earning it. So we're going to round this baby, uh, um, off here with our final question. Um, Another common element that appears in Disney films is a view into other cultures. You kind of touched on this, Natalie. So we get other cultures, ethnicities, geographic locations. um, And I think we do want to say, or at least I want to say that representation, I do believe is important. Um, And having that be um, bringing a sense of normality as like, this is not an other group, but a human group you know, our fellow humans, whether they be uh, black or brown or Asian or gay um, that we're able to, you know, encounter these people as humans and not just as tokens. Um, so with with these things that we're seeing in, in Disney films uh, with other cultures and um, ethnicities and ge- geographic locations, um, Disney receives a lot of praise, but also criticism. For that approach in the past, so how do you think they did with this version of Mulan? And we'll start with you, Alan
2: Yeah, uh, this is this has been my big bugaboo about this whole movie. Um, <laughs> bugaboo, bugaboo, that's, that's adorable. adorable. <laughs> you know, uh, when when the original Mulan came out, um, I just remember the excitement I felt um, anticipating it, knowing knowing this tradition that Disney has developed with with animated features, and and. You, know, you mentioned Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, but there was also Pocahontas and and Aladdin at that time. Um, and and when we heard that this was coming out, you know, it was like, wow, we're we're about to get represented here. You know, we're we're gonna get the Disney treatment. And after watching the movie, me, my friends, my families, we we're just beaming with pride. Finally, you know, representation. We're we're up there. I, we back then we didn't have have the word representation, but. It was, you know, even with the fact that half the cast was not Chinese, and a third of it was not even Asian, it didn't matter. I mean, this was this was our story. They they studied our culture. They put elements of our culture into it, and uh, and you know, and we had our Disney movie, and you know, there was such great pride uh, from from all of us. You know, at, at in Chinatown in L.A. You know, Disney loaned the parade organizers all the Mulan floats from the Mulan parade at at Disneyland, and so the, those floats went down on Chinese New Year. Um, you know, and so so that was and and, and also to place it in, into even further context, you know, five years before Mulan was the Joy Oak Club, that was probably the mm. first Chinese American movie, pro- predominantly. Chinese American movie that that any Hollywood studio had produced and, and didn't go outside of the country for. And I love that movie. Yeah. First of all, I have to yeah, tell and, you. And, the and, book and, is awesome too. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the book. <laughs> I got a lot of history with that book. Um, but uh, you know, we we hadn't had a, a movie, a Chinese American movie, uh, except for Rush Hour, uh, except uh, up until <laughs> up until uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, Which I know, loved. Yeah, we yes. had we had one television show, All American Girl, that failed miserably because it was a horrible show, and and so we were not getting. When Mulan came out, we we had nothing. We had very little except Joy Luck Club in terms of representation on, on screen. So now new Mulan comes, and I'm watching it. And it's like, well, you know, I, I don't feel represented in this movie. Um, I. I seriously doubt this movie is going to do well in China either. And and the thing that will probably bother me the most is someone some non-Asian will come up to me and say, you know, isn't it great that that you know, <laughs> Disney has finally g- given you a movie that represents you? And it's like, "No. No, this is not that movie."
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's oh. that's that's my my absolute frustration with with this version. It, you know, cuz it It doesn't speak to me as an Asian-American. And and quite frankly, I don't think it will even speak to to Asians, period. Mm. Uh, But that's my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, What do you think, Scylla?
1: I think the problem for me is it tries to be a movie for everybody, then it ends up being a movie for nobody. Mm. Um, So it tries to cater to... And a chinese american audience while at the same time trying to cater to a mainland china audience by even you know thanking certain regions that you know they're not doing the best human rights wise in china mm-hmm. right now but at the same time disney's a big corporation a lot of their market is from china what do you do so you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place so they try to please everybody and then it just ends up falling flat so it's like it you can bring diversity and you can bring representation to the point where it doesn't feel like it has to be forced but you gotta do it in a proper way and if you see all the major you know the director the producers they're all caucasian which again Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. fine but you better make sure to do your research you have to make sure to because you're not going to please everybody it's just never going to happen but you need to work to the best of your ability to truly represent something in a proper light and i just think they fell on their fate their face with this one so i don't know if anyone's really going to fully connect to it and it has all this controversy Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of things done that people don't agree with
0: yeah what do you think natalie
3: yeah very good points to like both of you and i I was going to bring up the fact that representation is also very important behind the scenes um Mm -hmm. and this film while it's got beautiful people of Chinese and Asian origin on screen. Um, I like saw a lot of the like most prominent credits and did not see Asian names. (laughs) And that is that's also alarming, like you to write these stories and to direct these stories from the perspective of the culture you're trying to depict like that's important too. And I think what we ultimately have is one specific perspective and in this case it is like the white perspective of Mulan of this story being told and I think Silla you said it really well like trying to please everybody you'll ultimately not please anybody Mm -hmm. um I still love seeing Disney attempt representation and diversity you know as a kid I I grew up with the Disney Renaissance films and Beauty and the Beast was probably my favorite one because my mom kind of pushed Belle on me a lot. Um, Not only for her like wit and her intellect and her bravery, but also because she was the only brunette Disney princess. Therefore, (laughs) she like was the only one that even remotely look closely to me because I had brown hair same same yeah (laughs) Um, and I actually
0: remember
2: (laughs) I
3: actually remember a conversation as a kid where like I overheard um my mom trying to justify bell like she like I came from a Mexican-American background my mom um predominantly spoke Spanish And she was trying to like say, like, Belle is you know, she's a little brown, isn't she? Just like Natalie and my brother, who's ten years older than me, was like he knew where the film took place. He's like, It's in France and it's it's European (laughs) And my brother's like, No mom, like, no, (laughs) she's not
0: and little Natalie's in the corner shedding a single tear. <laughs> I just,
3: I just put the cartoon back on and pretended to read books before I could. <laughs> <laughs> See,
2: we were but, we were just used to not being represented at all. So exactly, like, like <laughs> yeah,
3: and like again, like I, I wasn't sad at that age. Like I, I still wanted to be Belle, and I did attach myself to her more. And it wasn't, it wasn't until Coco that I realized how much I craved that representation. So um, like in times since, like, you know, I've lost my parents and I've been struggling to reconnect with my culture because like I have like stepped away from a lot of family for like my own personal well-being. So there's like a struggle of me, you know, trying to live in the society as the daughter of first generation immigrants. I'm first generation born here so like I'm wanting to fit in with this predominantly white American culture while clinging on to what I love so much about my Mexican background and I like I'm so bummed it, it, I was able to go to a very special screening of Coco before it came out um and I was completely by myself like I normally love going to the films with like my fiance or my friends so I can share my emotions with them and yeah. this was probably the worst one to have gotten to see by myself. <laughs> oh
1: um, yeah,
3: I try to make myself promise that I wouldn't cry at least thirty minutes into the movie. <laughs> the minute the minute when "You Wish Upon a Star" came on, performed mariachi style, yeah. I like I was already sobbing. Like it, the oh, main yeah. credits for Coco hadn't started yet, and I was already like audibly heaving and sobbing because like. <laughs> Like in hindsight, it's really funny, um, but at the same time, it's kind of sad because like that's how much, for twenty eight years of my life at that point, I was craving representation by this world famous brand that is Disney, Mm -hmm. and that's why it is important for Disney to try. Like they need to keep making films where everybody can feel like they're seen. Um, I'm sad that this one didn't quite have that result. It. I don't want it to be taken as a failure, and I don't think it will be. Um, I think they did a fantastic job in casting. I know coming up soon in the future, we'll have a live-action Little Mermaid, and to have Ariel be casted as a black woman is going to be wonderful. Um, And I know we have Ryan. The
0: uproar about that, though. There is uproar. No, mermaids are white. Like, mermaids aren't real. Exactly. (laughs) And...
2: They're real and they're, real they're we... Caucasian, right? Is that, is that what <laughs> Yeah.
3: <we should? laughs> and, and that's why, like, representation still needs to be fought for. It still needs to be done. Um, we have Raya and the Last Dragon coming up next on the animated slot. And it goes back to, like, my thought of, like, we need to normalize representation before we start feeling panned or because it's mm-hmm. long overdue. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. for what we have, but it, like, Disney can continue to do it. They have the capacity to do a fantastic job with the quality that they hold themselves up to. Um, but they just need to like, I, I, like... I'm going on this wonderful tangent. It's like they just need to do better. <laughs> like,
2: do better. So the, the question like, is live-action uh, live, live Coco? Is that... Is... No. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> that, uh, no. Okay. So there's so much to unpack there. Um, I, I do want to... I do wanna address some of the things that that you said, Alan, because that's important. Like if someone were to ask me, um, y'all can't see me, but I'm brown. I'm, you know, (laughs) we Um, know. I know. (laughs) Every time people see me, they're like, Did you get darker? I'm like, This is just me, guys. Um, but uh (laughs) yeah. Um so I I do wanna address what you were saying though, Alan, because if someone were to come up to me and and say don't you think like this movie represented you? Or, you know, uh, growing up, there weren't a lot of shows that had Latinos in it. And so I tended to gravitate towards shows that had blacks in it because at least then there was a something other than, than white and a, a richer family dynamic um, that was more relatable for me. Um, and then of course, when we had some uh, representation you know it was always to me kind of disappointing because um they would have uh you know be janitors or whatever and it's like can't we be like the huxtables <laughs> you know can't we have like you know d- different types of jobs and, and instead of um you know and that's maybe my just classist way of thinking how dare me um but you know if someone were to ask me if a show that i felt wasn't actually representing my ethnicity, and they ask me, doesn't this represent it? I would have a hard time. And so what you're saying, Alan, is that this isn't really going to resonate with um, with Chinese people, with Asians. That's important to hear, because then we're, we're hearing, and what I'm hearing is that it's essentially kind of gentrified the story, um, and that's not cool. You know, like if you're gonna be taking the time to represent a culture and the money I think and the money Money. yeah but but behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that there should have been more representation there um and we see kind of the benefit of that with shows like Watchmen and um Lovecraft Lovecraft Country where you have um the people who they're speaking to and who are in front of the camera are the same people who are leading what's going on behind the scenes and I think that I think that's important because it helps bring that authenticity to the messaging um
2: i mean one thing and and, one thing someone someone brought up was you know well if it what one thing asians have experienced is when when a show or movie about them fails um it takes years to for a second attempt to happen you know like Mm -hmm. when when all-american girl um you know went down in, in flames um we didn't get a asian american television show until fresh off the boat mm-hmm. um that that i think that's close to 10 years um yeah. because there's you know it's like well we tried it you know and uh it failed so you know why should we try it again um and uh, and that's i think that is the fear sometimes with with what might happen with this mulan you know
0: it, isn't that interesting though like if if you were to instead make it about a culture or in, instead of making it about a culture, you make it about a profession. Well, we tried this show with the doctor. So <laughs> we're not gonna do another show with a doctor for like ten years. And it just goes back to this idea that that there is um we are a monolith, you know, people of color are a monolith and we aren't But, you know, we carry that for everybody. You know, if there's one show, like one day at a time, I freaking love that show because I don't know if there's been a show with like a a Latin family Um, prior to like, prior to that was maybe George Lopez. I don't know. Like it's been a long time. Yeah, it's very rare. Um, And so I love that show. And there are certain aspects of it that feel very authentic to me, um, even though I think they are Cuban or Puerto Rican? They're Cuban. I forget. They're Cuban, um, but played by Puerto Ricans then. Yep. But uh. And that's, but a, anyway, that's like
3: a whole other discussion just within like the realm of like I blanket know. ethnicity. Like you have you can say like Mulan is an Asian story, <laughs> but it- <laughs> yeah. It's Chinese, so where is that Japanese, that Vietnamese, that a Thai right. representation? Right. Yeah. Or... Why is
2: a Korean playing the father of the family? That's a... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no completely. And, and it's, again, going back to that idea that people of color are a monolith and um, within their own ethnic group or not even, like, a giant race. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, everybody's Mexican, <laughs> which I'm Mexican, so I don't get offended, but I would be pissed if I were, like... Puerto Rican and they're like you're Mexican no I'm Puerto Rican you know I'd I'd want people to know like this is where I'm from um but going back to you know the whole topic of this podcast which is Mulan um you know (laughs) I I think it's important to to hear what you're saying Alan and to understand like that we can't take a film any film but Mulan in particular we can't take that film and say that this now represents a particular culture because it it doesn't even in the time it's not even in the proper time um like today it's not a present day so we can't say well everyone who is of asian descent believes in chi and believes that that is only for men i mean it, you know it, it's just it becomes silly yeah. i mean it's very it's um, a
2: very chinese thing but you know chinese aren't the only one in asia yeah. right
0: yeah No. completely well any other final thoughts anyone wants to add on 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 mulan yeah well
2: (laughs) in in general i'll just say that as as much as we're different we're we're a lot the same and the thing about these stories Oh, i'm sorry
0: uh, it was breaking up right there can you repeat that
2: yeah as much as we're different we're we're still the same Uh, you know the thing that, that resonates uh, with movies of any culture, is the fact that we're we're still human beings. We still have families. We still have relationships, and and we still can relate to these stories. And and you don't need to necessarily, you know, w- you know, whitewash a story to make it appeal to an American audience. I mean, just look at Par- mm-hmm. *Parasite*. Um, you know, th- we there are themes that just that just cover uh, everyone in the entire world, and you can tell those you can confidently tell those stories and trust that people will get it yeah
0: yeah no i like that and i think that had disney done that and just been a little truer to the the culture that they're trying to represent people will hopefully be able to see themselves in that even if it isn't matching their culture they're able to see the, the commonality that we have as humans and mm-hmm. I, I i just wish that we would have seen a little more so I think of that gift where it's like I tried you know <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that and I don't like does anybody hate the
2: movie because I don't hate it I just no. feel like no I thought it was a very I, I haven't invested in so life. much um what was that uh I just if I were to take all my bias out of it it was a very mediocre action film <laughs> yeah
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah I feel that well that is it for today's show. So again, special thanks to you, Alan Ng from Film Threat. Thank you for joining us. If people want to find you, how do they do so?
2: Uh, filmthreat.com. We uh, have reviews and news of independent films every day. Um, and then you can reach me at my Pal Al on Twitter. All right. Well,
0: coming up next week, I have no idea what we're talking about. So Jay will have to edit that out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jay. Uh, Thank you,
0: Jay. Uh, Let's go back to Star Wars. (laughs) I know. Um, Subscribe today on your preferred podcast provider. And a special thank you to OC Drive Time Show, Literary License Show, and CG Social Show. Also, make sure that you join the Story Geeks Facebook group and check out our VIP tiers. You can find more info about the group at thestorygeeks.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories, and always seek the truth. Special thanks to all the members of the Story Geeks Club. Here are the awesome supporters who support us at $5 a month or more. We have Adam Vargas, Bob Shearfield, Justin Weaver, Mary Baldwin, Wade Johnson, Jim Baldwin, Kimberly Lujo, Monty Thickpin, I think Montrell Nick Prokop, and Connie Moll. We appreciate all the members of the Story Geeks Club, even those who we haven't mentioned by name. If you would like to support the show by joining the Story Geeks Club and signing up for our one of our VIP tiers, please head over to thestorygeeks.com. Cool. I'm done with my commercial. Thank you. <laughs> that part's not part of the script. That's just me being stupid. <laughs>